Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of Five Out. We're going to be talking about the Celtics and Matt felt really good about himself the other night with Tremont Waters getting called up. He got sent back down, but whatever. We'll talk about that. And we're also going to go over our uh, most surpri- uh, impressive teams and our most disappointing teams to start the season. we got four for each side of that. Let's get it going. All right. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so you must have felt outstanding when Tremont Waters was going off last night. Everybody was gushing over him. I mean, I'd seen him in Maine. I knew he was good. So none of that surprised me. But everybody else on Twitter was like, oh, my God, Tremont. Oh, my God, Tremont. And Brad Watermaker was like a thing of the past. What was this plus minus? Tremont was like over 20, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you just felt great. I got nothing to say. I've been telling you. You got to take your victory. I know. but, but you gotta, my, my question is, why are they moving back down? That's because concerning. Because he's, he's on a two-way contract. I know. I don't That's know. How it works. After watching him last night, he should be on the team. I, I, know. I don't it, even think. I, and it's a little bit more complicated than that, I get it. You can develop him down there, but I he's ready to play. So, now, let me ask you this, though. Wanamaker had a bad game, right? Yeah, but he's been. Pre- I think overall, overall he he's shown why he should be on the team. I think I, I have to retract my. But last night showed you why I'm so high on Waters over him. Mm-hmm. He does his the the pace that he plays at is way better than Wanamaker's. In the long haul, it's clearly Tremont. I'm yeah. with you a thousand percent. And I just I guess I just don't like placeholders. That's fair enough. That's I what think, he feels I like. I think Wanamaker has a place in the league though. I think oh, he can 100%. help teams. He, he he's a solid like backup. Now, but I should, you've seen him yeah. like play starters minutes like towards the stretch of the end of games. 30 minutes one night. Was that the Nuggets game? He oh, sucked yeah. at the end. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, so but he, he was good against the Clippers but he's too. Playing, that's what I'm saying. But he's playing out of his element. Like, if he's playing spot minutes, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not. Too, but when he's playing like starter, they can't. So you can't do it. Just so everybody knows, if you hear noise in the background, we're at Lord Hobo Brewing in Woburn right now. Matt and I are here. Tyler is away in Jacksonville. He's starting fights with radio stations that like, I think, I'm assuming he used to work at. Uh, you go check that out on Twitter, at Tyler Devitt. In Tyler's place tonight, we have Jim Hackett of the, is it the Fantasy Day podcast? The what, Fantasy what? Football Podcast. It's part of the, the Little Brother. It's part of the Off Day. The Little Brother of the Off Day Podcast. Okay. And, and the host of the WEI Fantasy Football Hour yep. and the not in the three hour extravaganza on Thanksgiving. So oh. if you're born before the turkey comes, nine to noon on WEI. Now part of the reason we wanted to have Jim on was because while we're at Lord Hobo and I was over getting Matt drinks because I try and be a gentleman and take care of my friend. Of course. Matt was talking to Jim and they found out, oh my God, we were both alumni of St. Joe's in Maine, which there are very few of you in this world. Am I correct in saying that? There's about 600 of us. (laughs) Very correct. correct. And when you find an alum, it's like, you know, you just head it off. I I haven't seen you this happy in ages. Well, I haven't been this happy in weeks. I have a new bestie. This is great. So back in 1992 is when I graduated. So. You know, it's when walks were young, so to meet a young, dazzling fellow like Matt that graduated in the modern era, it's first of all, I'm I'm, I'm glad the school still exists. Yeah. So that's positive. And you guys are watching games as we were getting ready for the show too, right? Absolutely. They're, they're playing right now. Yeah, they're playing SJC, right now. Yeah, we're streaming them live. I, I think it's I think why like I connect so well with the alumni when I hear about St. Joe, especially someone that was connected to basketball. You know, even though you didn't play, super you were, fan, but so super fan, we like, hear about know, broadcast all that. I think it's what's cool about it is that when I went to St. Joe's, that was like the big advertisement was... Basketball? The, well, just the history of the program. Like, oh. I learned so much about the guys who played before me, and that's, when you put on a St. Joe's uniform, that's kind of what you played for. You played for the guys before you. So that's why, I, like, when he's bringing up all the guys he watched play, I'm yeah. like, I know all these guys. I've heard stories about all these guys, so it's pretty cool. So it, we're going to get into that a little bit more later on, but Jim knows what we're doing. We're talking Celtics, obviously, and getting into the other stuff around the league. Um, right now, you know, I heard Glenn today on the radio, we're recording this on Tuesday, he's talking about how the Celtics are not in, still not in an ideal position. We see him go against the freaking Clippers though, guys, and they give him a run for their money. I get Kawhi's coming off an injury or everything, but you don't have Gordon Hayward in that game. 
I feel good about this team right or now. Kemba Walker, for that matter. Right. Well, but in that game they had Kemba. Oh, Clippers, yeah. Right. But against the Kings they didn't. Yeah. Right. And I thought that was you know an important game for Jalen Brown. But look, if you're gonna go and tell me right now they're not a title contender based on what we've seen, I feel like you're just trying to be anti. I mean, there's no way they look like it right now. So as an 11-year employee and co-worker of, of Glen Orway, can I just may I quote Buddy the Elf on this one? Go ahead. All right, by all means. Orway is a cottonmouth mini muggins <laughs> all right, when it comes to the Celtics. So he's he's stirring it up. It's, it's not. If you're watching this team, and, and look, I know it's early, and I know right, we're talking about right now. Jim. Perfect, I mean, right now, yeah. they look good. They look good. Yeah. They, they, they look like they've been playing together for five years. They're fluid. The people that you need to step up, when you need to, them to step up, are stepping up. So let's say Jason Tatum's shots are falling. Marcus Smart does what he does on steroids in those moments. That's what winning teams do. Mm-hmm. That's what he's missing. I think my takeaways from the West Coast was the Clippers game, I didn't like how they, they had a 10-point lead and they, they kind of blew that. They I did. think they should have closed that game. What I liked from that game was Tatum hitting that big shot. Yes. That's a big step for him. Oh, my God. That's he a re- big moment. And that's he, your boy, Paul George, that he put on skates. But, but he's funny. He has a tendency to be there in the big moments. Could happen to Dame Lillard, too, right? Oh, he yeah. Tatum the thunder, the thunder run that they had for years <laughs> as a contender in the West. Tatum, Tatum put a, you know, dagger right in his face. Yeah. But what I, what I liked about this team and what I thought respond, what I liked the most was that Denver game. Kemba goes down, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, last year's team, they, they lose by 30. Oh, my God. Right? They lose by 30. Yeah. No question. They Whoever that is. their asses off in that game. Yes, they did. And they and they chipped away the whole game, and they had a chance to win. Yeah. I think Wanamaker had a bad hate not Wanamaker, but he had a bad turnover in that, down that stretch. Yep. But the fact that they fought, like, I think that I saw a lot out of that. It said a lot about that character. And you heard Brad Stevens' remarks at mm-hmm. the end of that game to yeah, calling the them Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. Like, he's very calculated on how he talks about his team. For him to say that means a lot and says a lot about this team. I like where they're at right now. And the, I know you have to have star power in this league. And then the Pistons are always the example of, well, they weren't superstars. But the thing is, some of these guys who are superstars, they got to start somewhere. Kawhi was was a good player coming to the league. Right, but he wasn't a stud. He was not what he is now. I know KD was, I know LeBron was, and but he but some of these guys weren't. Tatum has to start somewhere. And Jalen, who I'm curious how you feel, Jim, but like Jalen, you're almost there, right? You've almost converted. I've almost converted. I mean, uh, Tatum hitting that three almost made me go back the other way. Right, but then Jalen the other night against the Kings. It was good. He looked outstanding. They both were good. Exactly. Jalen's blossoming before our eyes. He's blossoming before our eyes. He plays on both ends. He plays on both ends. He's gritty. You know what this team has? Before they got Isaiah Thomas, I love those Celtics teams. The the, the the Isaiah teams and the pre-Isaiah teams, they work so hard. This team reminds me of them, except they've got a different factor. And they have talent. They've got talent. Yes. They've got Good talent point. and grit. No I Jay ca- Crowder. I call it right. No, I call thank it, God. I call it Celtics madness. They, they play like a mid-major, but they have talent. Yes. And you know what else yeah. they have? There's a team that's about 30 miles down south of us. They play football. They've won a few Super Bowls. Mm. They've got versatility. And they've got guys who know their role and who can be versatile depending upon what the situation needs. Like yeah. Marcus Smart having to play like a power forward on defense and, and doing it. Yep. So I wouldn't rule this team out. Are they going to win it? Probably not. But it's going to be a hell of a ride. Now, I, the thing, my thing is they have a chance. That's what – right no. now I feel like they have a chance. Maybe that's the doom sauce talking. No. I don't know. But the, the, now – They got a chance. Perk, they do have a chance. Perk was on Dale and Keith the other day. That was Thursday. He was great. And, yes, and he obviously talking a ton of trash about Kyrie, right? But he also said in the course of it, I don't think the Celtics need to add another big. I don't know that they need to add another bi- a big. I don't like to contend. I, I mean, to have a chance at winning or a better chance, I think that they that would serve a purpose. They need to add one. I don't know who it's going to be right now. They still have a few more weeks for that. But I think to say they they couldn't use that, I think that's a little bit of a reach, don't you guys? I think that I think they need to make one addition. It is big. Like an. Big when how though? Like what's big? I need a guy who's gonna clog like, up the middle on the defensive oh, end. Oh, you're saying a big? I'm sorry. Six oh, I know. I thought you said like a big well, move. Well, that's what happens when you're sorry. a little hobo. You yeah. can't hear each other because the party's rocking. Everybody's here. Six ten, six eleven, clog the middle. No, can I do? 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 Can I do?
The 2008 Celtics were a flawlessly constructed team until about February around the All-Star break. And there. even that team needed a big. Mm-hmm. And they went out and got P.J. Brown, and he made a difference. Yep. He made a difference. So, yeah, they do need a big. Now, can they survive? Can they win 53 to 55 games plus without him? I think they can. Mm-hmm. Does it make it a good idea? Probably not. Right. So, they're out there. They're yeah. capable. Look at Robert Williams, you know. Young kid in the draft, he's making an impact. He is looking a lot better. He's looked See, he, like last night, but there was times I didn't. I thought he didn't play well defensively. He, he sucks on the guess. pick and roll. He's, he's too lazy. That's why, though, that I say you still got to add a guy. He looks no, a lot better, but he's I think not you there. have to add in a guy. You heard the Danny Ainge interview today. Yes, right. He was talking Nichols. with Rachel Nichols, right? Yeah, just talking about how last year he didn't make a move. Yep. And he regrets it because so, he screwed Brad Stevens over. So when I wrote about that for the site WEI.com, I said there's a lot of gray area in Danny Ainge's comments because he said how he probably should have gotten rid of young guys. Not young guy. When I right. hear young guys, I think Terry Rozier plus. Who the hell do you think he was talking about there? It's not Robert Williams necessarily. He hadn't. He, he was irrelevant last year. Exactly. Exactly. Whoever was in that top eight, nine. So That's you think really it, but my thing is. He's saying that. Would you rather have Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, and take away some of the young guys? Is that how he feels? I felt like that was kind of a way too vague of a comment Ooh. on his end. Where I'm thinking, so we, are you saying right now you would rather not have Jalen? You'd rather have Kyrie? That's what was so strange to me about Danny's the whole thing. tough to read. You know, Danny. That's for sure. This is a guy who completely discombobulated uh, an Eastern Conference finalist. You know, when he first came here, he has nothing but Banner 18 on his mind. Right. So you're, you're wise, I think, to think that way, mm-hmm. that maybe there is some regret there. But sometimes people say things that they don't exactly mean. Like I, I always say there's a, spe- a speech that you make before you make the speech. There's a speech and there's a speech after you, afterwards. Right? He, may, he might have gotten in the car afterwards and be like, what did I say that for? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's not one to Definitely. do that. But I, I think we all know Irving didn't pan out. He probably regrets that. Rozier needed to go. Yeah. Might there have been another guy? Morris. Morris yeah, might have been a guy. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's Mook and Mook well, I think Dan, guys Dan needs, needs another chip because at the end of the day, we praise him on how good a GM he is, and he's been a good GM. But at the end of the day, I, I view it off how many chips you have. He's got exactly. one. Yeah. He's got one. Sometimes it also matters how many points your superstars score in a game, too, like no, Joel Embiid no. the other night. I cannot. Was it 32 minutes? 32 minutes. Zero points. I think I haven't, look, I haven't looked this up, but he, mu- he must be the only, like, all-star caliber player to be a donut hole in a game. Yeah, donut hole and play like 20 minutes. First off, and the fact that he's 7 feet tall, how do you not score one point? So uh, not just... I gotta think Ben Simmons did it once or twice. (laughs) And and this is a team some people had as the favorites out of the East coming into the year. I mean, they were coordinated in the offseason. I take them over the. I take the Celtics you know over them right now. No you know what they remind me of? Last year's Celtics. Yes. Because you know why? Common denominator, Matt. I got to stand up for this. Common <laughs> denominator is what? Al Horford. Yeah. See, I, I, I just. It's a weird coincidence. This, this is this is kind of my take on it. Oh. What I knew, why I knew the Celtics weren't great last year, is what do good teams do? And the Patriots do it down the road. What do they do? Most of the time, last year they didn't, but they win. Went on the road. Oh, okay. If you can win on the road in the NBA, I think you're a good team. I, I really believe that. And the Celtics sucked on the road last year. They, they did. did. And they they lacked leadership. Yep. That's what it was, you know. And they had that whole thing on the airplane that time where Kyrie yeah. was like, let's oh, play yeah. cards. You know, to me, everything he did was so contrived. <laughs> I'd like to put this out there. I really want to. I've, I've thought this a long way. You guys get a little older sometimes. You get a little gray in your hair like me. You're all hot. It's radio. You don't know this. But... Mm. You learn things about people. You learn things about life and behaviors. I think that guy is either clinically depressed or has a personality disorder. Something is not right with that guy. I think it's and, probably and one he really, I, I, I'll give him credit that when he's when he's nudged, he uh-huh. does work at it. Yeah. But he's not nudged enough, and you can't nudge these prima donnas, and, and that they're in the problem. See, the thing Something's is, missing. Jim, like, I don't know. I, I I just feel like every time everybody's like, "This is wrong. This is wrong." I always want to try and I always try and look the other way and see. Well, maybe how is it right necessarily? And I know Jay King of the Athletic wrote something about how um, I guess an assistant coach on the Celtics he rode up a, an elevator with him thirty to forty floors, and Kyrie didn't say a word. word. Right. Which is weird. But at the same time, you know, sometimes when you and I just hang out 
and we're just watching a game or whatever, he and I won't talk. And I do that with other people. And it's not because, but I'm comfortable with you. Like, I don't need to talk to you all the time. Like, that's why sometimes with Kyrie, with all these, like, quiet things, now the practice portion of it where he just sat up in the stands, that's a bad look. Like, that, the whole thing was that they had an optional practice. The Celtics were there, for those who didn't read the story. And, and everybody else participated, but Kyrie wasn't there. That's a bad look. But some of these other things, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I, just, I just feel like a lot of the stuff he's done, or your yeah. point is, he's got something going on. Like... It's definitely ego driven. I mean, the fact that he didn't show up to a game seven because of his nose job. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, nose. That, yeah he, I mean, that's a terrible look. Yes, I think he's an yes. unhappy guy. And just to go back to your point, Nick, you know, there are different kinds of silence. Mm. You and yes. Matt watching a game, having a beer, and not talking is confident, comfortable silence. It's, it's also awkward. I'd rather take a bullet in my eyeball than be here <laughs> silence. And that's the kind of silence that emanates from Kyrie Irving. Yes. Okay, okay. That, that is a very fair point. And, he's not, and we don't know yet, as we're recording this, if he's going to show up in Boston. We he's know he's not, not playing. But oh, I saw that a doctor oh, told Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News that he's got a serious thing going on, and he's at risk of possible surgery if he doesn't rest. Mm. Do you guys buy into that necessarily? I mean, it's a not doctor saying that. No. Me, personally, I think he's a bitch. I think so with yeah. Perk on this one. Yes, he's a Because Perk bitch. thinks he's mentally weak. Yeah, I, I just think, I think he's a bitch. coward. I think he's a coward, and he's going to pull out every excuse in the dead horse world next to not show, and I'm not surprised. Okay. That's the worst part, is I'm not surprised. Yeah, that is bad. That's true. Nah, I, hey, listen, if he shows up in March, I'll be there for you, bro. Yeah. I'll be there uh, for uh, you, Kyrie. Right. I'm excited to see Spencer Dinwiddie, player of the week. Luka Doncic, player of the Luka's week as well. nasty. Luka, so the thing I find most interesting about Luka is... He studied James Harden last year. Tried to learn from his game. He's got an outstanding step back Don't three. Don't be like James Harden, but bro, please. But the thing is, he's not like James Harden. No, he's, he's efficient. He's so much more fun to watch. He's a better shooter. He beat him head-to-head, and I was so oh, happy. Destroyed him head-to-head. Yeah. And it's like, the thing is, with, with Harden, is you, like you've said it before, you watch him, and it's like the can, guy... Can you just bring up Harden's quote? I'm sorry to interrupt. I love the quote. Yeah, yes. Uh, when the, he was complaining about getting double-teamed. Yeah. Well, like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's someone... Uh, so sad. Hey, maybe if you pass the ball, you won't get double-teamed. Exactly. So I tweet that out on our five-out handle, and Matt goes and comments on it. Then we got people saying we're haters. It's like, no. Listen. Oh, no, if I, you I, shoot I, as much as he does, yeah. you should absolutely double-team oh, yeah. the other team. I, By if, the way, if you're a Harden fan, all you guys are... Bag of excuses, guys. What are you saying? All the haters come out on Twitter, like especially if they're from around here. Okay, you guys, yeah, you, you gotta put your big boy pants on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is the most spoiled fan base. I, I'm the greatest hair guy here, other than Bradford. Yeah, back from a little better looking, but like. Yeah. Now, this 20-year stretch in Boston, like the fact that you, if you, dare you criticize anything that happens, yeah. and the mob, the fanboy mob comes out, you yeah. can't get a bigger fanboy than me, okay? Yep. But I can criticize. I write a column every Thursday on WEI.com. Half of them are critical. Yep. You they gotta be. That's normal. But you go, but you go after James Harden fans. I mean, James no, Harden is the fan. Because, well, because they say, they go, they go, oh, look at the stats. Look at this. My thing is, look at the wins. How does the stats relate to winning a championship? Because people are like, oh, it doesn't. He's the best offensive player of all time. Well, listen, how can you say that when Michael Jordan put up good numbers and won six championships? Yeah. James Harden hasn't won shit, and all I get back is, oh, well, he went against the Warriors and did blah, blah, blah. It's like, that, that's excuses to me. If he's the best offensive player of all time, right. you get it done. Yeah, exactly. You get it done. Period. No and in the biggest that. moments, that dude chokes. Yep. That's what he does. No look Chris it. Paul. I mean, look, I get it. That year they had Chris Paul and he got hurt. Yeah. That made a big difference. But if he's the best offensive player of all time, that's going to make a difference in the end. And I'm a big basketball fan, so I hope, oh, yeah, I I hope he never, never wins. Because if he wins, the way he, the yeah. style he plays at, and you just watch four guys watch one guy dribble. Uh-huh. Oh it's just painful. Well, that's why, and that's why Jay, Williams, everything I believe. Jay Williams right now is the friggin' king of the five-out world. Yeah. Because he's dumping on Harden. Talking about, what was it, 15 dribbles in that one? Which position? 17. It's 17 dribbles. Was, one that, was that the one that I two, saw? Two was it two rolls? Yeah. Oh, my God. The one I saw, he took 27. And, yeah, that's right. In one possession. Yeah. And, Jay, and, I mean, and Jay put it perfectly. You go make all those moves, fine, whatever. Like you could have beat him off shot it. you get at the end of it? No, but he, his point was he, he took three dribbles, and Jay Williams said he already beat him. Ooh. He had already beat him, and he dribbled. 
15 more times before a shot. Harden's one of those guys. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but if he never left, if that team, that Oklahoma City team, ever stayed as it was, that team would have won. Oh, I believe yeah. it. That team we, we, we've said it before. I that might be because he didn't play like that. Yeah, on he that didn't. Team. He, he didn't. I liked him back then. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think that, that team would have won. Yes, we, we, somebody asked us on Twitter a while back in the Medeiros mailbag, which we haven't done in a while. We should probably open that back up at some point. But someone asked us if that was the most disappointing team ever. Was the 11-12 team? I think. But and I said it was, was up there. It's up there. They were it's so up. close to, to taking down Golden State. They were this close. For those that, who listening, that was Miami. That was Miami back uh, then. Uh, yeah, was Miami. Right. Yes. But they were so close to taking those teams, and they just yes, and they, they just disbanded. They all well, went for was, the money. It was well, Russ. No, they and, traded Harden. Right, and it was Russ and KD that almost took right. down Golden State. Yes. They were up three one, right. and that's okay. yeah. Right. Well, they had but, to get rid because the money wouldn't have worked out, so they got rid of Harden. Small market too. Yeah, they took him over Surge. No disrespect. That is true. That no is disrespect, Serge, but come on. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have, I'd rather have James Harden yeah. at that point still. But speaking of disappointing teams, we got to get to the list. Matt was texting me about this. We're getting ready for the show. We brought up Joel Embiid, which Mike, again, my God, you play 32 minutes. You're an All NBA player, and you can't get a bucket. I watched the game after it happened because I was yeah. at the Celtics game the night it was going on, and uh, of course against the Raptors and everything. As I'm watching this, I'm listening to the announcers. I'm, I listen to the Sixers broadcast. So I'm curious, are they going to be critical of him or not or whatever? And they're like, why do you keep taking these shots? Like, he's taking mid-range shots. It's like, you're a big guy, right? Like you said, Matt. Drive. Take a Get inside. Ball. But, yeah, he is who he is. Oh, my. That's, but that's... But, They've been complaining about him playing the post this whole time. He is who he is. The Sixers? We said it last I show. I said they're one of my disappointing teams. They, they, their record's not terrible. But like I told you, they remind me of last year's Celtics. If you can't win on the road, that record sucks on the road. Yep. That's that says a lot about your team, and they, I believe that. I I don't know if I'd say they're the most disappointing team. No, no, no. I said they would be in my they're your I top have four. four. I have more disappointing teams. Well, team. they're in your top four right now, right? They're in my top four. Right. I think it's but see that you don't have now uh, spoiler alert, I have the Warriors in there. Matt does Warriors is just tough for me because it's just like unseen injuries. From the start of the year. I get it. We, they, a, we thought they were still like legitimate. I know, but Curry got hurt, and then Green, Draymond was out. Like Clay's not there. Like I don't. They got literally nobody on that team. Okay, so but I get. I sort of get it. Like when Steph was there, they got blown out and stuff. So let's start with the most disappointing, as opposed to the most. My, my most disappointing team is the Spurs. Yeah, I think they just. I had them in the top ten. I just. I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on. They literally play no defense. Mm-hmm. I watched them play the Sixers uh, last week, and they just couldn't. They, they just don't get stops. Well, and we saw them play the Celtics, and we look at that as that's a big win. And I said at the beginning yeah, of the year, they got 132 points that game. That's we crazy. We looked at, it at the beginning of the year and said, I said this at least, that uh, Pop not adding a guy or not making a big move. Yeah. I understand they were hamstrung, but I feel like that's a good thing because Pop likes to have the same guys in the same well, system all the time. They couldn't, they couldn't deal with the Celtics energy that night. They no, couldn't deal with but 132, you're at home and you have 132. Yeah, they didn't want to deal with it. Holy moly. I have a couple sources that told me like they think that DeRozan is on the move. Oh, well, you saw the Instagram thing, yes, right? Yes, that's one oh, of the so, you, so Matt has sources. I have sources. Like legit, We're going to talk about yes, that first. sources. They, he, thinks, he thinks that... Um, Demar's on the on the move. Pop wow. might be retiring after the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. That organization will fold like a tent as soon as he goes. Yeah, I mean, he think you know, I I, I I can see it. Like if you're not in contention, but him. if you're not in contention, why not move Demar? Yeah, I understand that, but the Pop one's bigger news. I mean, he and he's older. Like, uh, um, was it RC Buford? He's not really the same. He doesn't have the same role he, he's used to having. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, to That's me, they're disappointing. I like their young core, but I, obviously there's the leadership right now. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on over Can there. Can you believe this? Jim Dude's acting like it's nothing. He's talking about DeMar DeRozan on, DeMar DeRozan on the move. Yeah. Well, you saw the Instagram thing. That's pretty good. That one is a little less surprising. Yeah, but do you remember the last time he did that? Yes, he got Before traded. Before he got traded. Yes. He was, it's all his posts, right? Yeah, you delete them all. Delete them all. So, uh, there's definitely legitimacy to what yeah. you're saying. But I have a source that says he, they think that he's on the move. The pop one, though, is, pop he, one. is, is earth-shattering. Yeah. Because like Jim said, they're screwed without pop. 
That's what that organization is. He's tired, yeah. man. I think he's just tired. Do you? Th- okay, so now if Tim Duncan takes over, do you think they're in? They're okay. Or do you think they're going to slip into irrelevancy? Well, I, I, think, I, I don't think they're slipping into irrelevancy, but it's going to be a, a, sl- a pretty slippery <laughs> decline. Okay. Here's my thing um, with those guys. It's like eventually a guy like Popovich, when he feels like he can't get through to people anymore, it's happened to Bill Parcells. You're going to give it up. Yeah, they're not listening right. to me anymore. You, know? you saw it on the Belichick of Football Life in 2009 on the sidelines getting smoked against the New Orleans Saints. He turned to Brady and said, I can't get through to him. And some guys can handle that. Some guys can handle that over a period of time. Popovich has been at it a long time. Yeah. I like him more than Parcells. And I think if he can't get through in this core, they are going to get rid of him. Yep. And, and, and it is going to go down quickly. You mean he's the franchise, though, Jim? He is. I don't think he they is. would get rid of him. He would, yeah. he would take... No, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think, I think eventually yeah. Popovich steps down. Oh, because okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. he, yeah. he can't get through to him. He, right. would, he would be the one that steps out. He'd yes, be okay, the one okay, that okay, steps okay. out. I agree with you, sir. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, fair enough. You know, I, that I agree with. They wouldn't get rid of him. I mean, the, the Kawhi right, thing. He's a franchise. If he, if Kawhi was there, though, this none of this would happen. We wouldn't be talking no. about this at all. Yeah, that, um, that's the that's the centerpiece. That's where it all started to crumble. There. It's, yeah, that's tough, man. You lose your your superstar like that. So man, uh, so I I agree with you. The Spurs are on my list. I think I saw that they were 13th or 14th in the standings in the Western Conference. Did you see that stat, by the way, about the Spurs? No. About the defense, this just reminded me. I think since Pop's been the coach, they've never been, like, worse than the fourth-ranked defense in the NBA. And where are they now? Uh, Like 15, 16, 17. That's that's unbelievable. Isn't that crazy, though? They've never finished... Lower than like fourth or fifth. Yeah, that, that's is where, that is ridiculous. That's where co- coaches make their money. It's yeah. the defense. It's just, oh, like, yeah. it's just like football. All these guys are all defensive yep. minds. So um, I would say the Spurs are on my list too. I think that I honestly think they're probably number one right now. Yeah, for me they are number one. For okay. me on my list, Spurs number two. I, I put the Blazers number two, only because I'm a big Lillard guy, big McCollum guy. I know they've been like in and out, like from. But like the signing they got of no now though. Uh, he's fine. You know They're fine. About that. Everything's fine, everybody. Nothing to <laughs> see here. But you know, maybe just because you know you're coming off going to the Western Conference and then you come out like the way they have, not getting wins, losing a no, bad man. team. Like, you know, I don't know. I just I'm really down on them. Well, Nurkic is not back yet, still, right? I understand that, but they That's played huge. last year without him. It's imp- it's uh, it's fair. It's so important though. The signing of Melo just I told you last yes, week. We just agree. signs me. Show I mean, sorry, shows me the. Desperation of this team. They're in trouble. Which is not good. They're in trouble. I, I don't have them as my number two team, though. I have the Sixers as my number two team. I can respect that. But then I'm, I'm there with you afterwards. I think that the Blazers yeah. are my number three team. Are yeah. the Sixers your number three team? I think they're either, I have them either, you know, I think they're three, but I have like a 3B. I, I think the Pelicans have been pretty disappointing. And I know Zion's not there, but they. I like the squad they have. I just, you know. This, they're a disappointing team. I, I am gonna. Who did I have? I had the well, I had the Warriors, but you kind of talked me down a little yeah. bit. The Nets. I'm very disappointed with them. I like them a lot. I like Joe Harris. I well, love. I think, I think you co- and you cover them, so you can. Be I see more them a lot. About, yeah, I watch them every, I I watch them every game. I don't. So I like I Kyrie. Spencer Dinwiddie's outstanding. The chemistry issues with Kyrie Irving. Shime called it when we did it. When we What's did that the record without Kyrie? Nah, five and one. You, you're too smart for that. I'm You're just kidding. I'm missing with that. They, they played an article about that last <laughs> year in the Celtics. They had a whole mathematical breakdown. Went back to the Barkley quote, which was, they got too much talent opening night last year. And I did a breakdown. They were like 9-1, 11-1 without Irving, 7-2 without Horford. You know, and right down the line. The only guy they couldn't win without was, was Smart. Go figure. Yeah, anyway, that, and I, and I love that guy. I love that guy. A few less dumb three-pointers a night. I can live with it. I can live with it. I'm almost at the point, honestly, where as much as I used to frustrate me, how many bad shots he, I do. I that play against Kawhi, yep, going out of bounds. Oh yeah. I wanted to kiss him on his forehead. Like, dude, that was. I mean, that's you just. Wanted all, you would have done it on the lips. If he's saying forehead, Jim, he would have done it on the lips. I, I mean, that that hustle right there, like you don't see that shit in no. the NBA. No. That was on. Uh, I mean, that's. Ball. I mean, but, now he did shoot all for eleven in that yeah, game from three. Oh. The fact that he took 11 threes bothers me. But the guy just made. That's a winning play. It's now, a winning play. Who do you think right now? You, I know that I know the answer to this. Who do you guys think is the second best Celtics three-point shooter right now in terms of percentage? Really? Uh, I guess. Yep. Who's one? Tatum? No. It's no. Kemba. Kemba, right? Number two. Uh, Kemba's number one. Kemba's yeah. number one. Number two. 
I know it's not Grant Williams. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not Grant Williams. Jalen Brown. My God, the poor bastard can't hit a three-pointer, though. No, Jalen Brown? It's Jalen Brown. Hmm. Yeah. 30, I, it's slightly better than Jason Tatum, though. That's great news. Yeah. He's... I don't want to go back to the Celtics right now, but I mean, like that's the thing is like this guy's doing everything. Well, he's smart's like thirty-four point two percent. It's not bad if he can shoot at that clip. I like it. I'll take that all day with his yeah. defense. Less, less volume out of him would be better. Yes, that, definitely. Shot he, selection. Yes, uh, shot selection is really required. Like he did one the other night. I'm like, dude, why? Like it was at the beginning of the game. He, he the ball in the backcourt. He brings it up. I'm like, he's shooting this. But you like, know, on him for a second, and ball three. And on, I'm like, oh. on him for a second, just chew on this for a second. Could the amazing plays he makes on defense and in transition or the big offensive rebound or whatever, a block shot, whatever he does, could the missed three-pointers actually fuel that in him? Could it be like he gets so disgusted with himself in a quick moment that he, he rips off a pass, he, you know, he makes a big play? I almost feel like it's the yin and the yang. Like you wouldn't have the yang without the yin, without the occasional brick or more than occasional brick. I could see Would you that. get the great plays on the other end? I can see that, but then in the end, it's kind of a wash. Although the defensive, you know, the defensive plays do kind they of tend to win the games. They motivate everybody yeah. too, and it kind of will shift things more than a three-pointer would. But especially at home. Yeah, I don't know. It could. It could motivate them for sure. Just a thought. Yeah. I I never thought about it like that, but it could. It could. I mean, I know there are different times when I've screwed up on offense, where then I come back on defense. If you watch him, I'm sure you've done the same, right? Yeah, no, I think that could be a possibility. I just think it's in his DNA. Yeah, to make yeah. dumb shots, take dumb shots. No, to make the big plays. No, to oh, make big oh, plays. Yeah. I don't know if that fuels. I him, think they both are. It could. No, I could see people do it. You know. No. So you have the Pelicans. I have the Nets as our number four teams. The thing is that I just can't do that without Zion. I no, and I respect that. That's, that's I just, my issue. I thought they had more talent. Just I like their squad without Zion. I I do, and this is a huge. So Hayward, actually, I'm sorry. I gotta fix this in my story. Uh, Jalen is number three. Kemba is number two at 38 hmm. percent, and then Gordon Hayward is four, is number yeah, one that at 43. Sense. Yeah, yeah. So, either, but anyways, um, but he's better than Tatum. I would not have expected that coming with how many threes he no. takes. No. But yes, going back to the Pelicans, this is a huge knock on Josh Hart, on Alonzo Ball, yeah. which has gotten better. On Ingram, I would say more than anybody. Dude, they have a good young core. It's just uh, again, I didn't expect them to be number one in the West, but yeah, yeah exactly. Their record's not really good. So then to bring it back to the Nets, like I said, Dinwiddie's look good. They've looked good without Kyrie, but they're not playing a great schedule right now. Um, I just the thing is though, with Kyrie, their defense, as you might expect, has been brutal. Yep. And I think this Kyrie's defense now. Should example should really like magnify to people. This, Brad is outstanding at getting the most out of every single individual he gets on the defensive end, whoever it is. Because Kyrie was not good here, but he was better than he was in Cleveland, yeah. and he's better than I've seen him in Brooklyn yeah. so far. Yeah, no doubt. So like, for all the stuff that Brad gets dumped on, I, that's one thing I think he deserves credit for. Yeah. So Jim, when it comes to the most disappointing teams, are you in line the with The Sixers us? are the one, and to me, they they had the most hype. They were the Sports Illustrated cover team, right? Yeah. Um, they made the big splash. They got Horford. Not impressed. You know what I mean? That, that, that'd be the one that really stands out. <laughs> How about that play here, that, that, that same game as Embiid? Uh, Horford. Horford, yeah. He's taking out a fast Through break. that awful oh, lob. Oh yeah. Then try to catch it and fell. Hashtag natural. They're just Hashtag not clicking. Then overpaid. They're yeah. just not clicking. They're looking like the post-10-10 10 10 Celtics from 2018. They, Definitely. You know, now, for most impressive teams, the Celtics are, are there. No, but 100%. We had them at the top three, but we're kind of excluding them from this conversation. Matt, where do you want to start? I thought the Miami Heat. Uh, yeah, I, definitely for I me. Did not, I did not see them being as good as they are. No, they're right there. They're tied for second in the league yeah. as we're recording the show. I absolutely did not have them in the conversation um, for being that high at no. all. Then we got... I have I have the Toronto Raptors as number two. I, was say I, Toronto, yeah. I talked a lot of crap about them. Oh my God! <laughs> you were dumb. Which I still don't. I know, but I'm only call. I'm only going back on one guy. I don't really. I still don't really love their team. Siakam, but Siakam is is pretty damn good, and he might be a number one. I I'll take the heat on that. I I didn't think that by watching him play. God damn, is that guy good. In a million years, never would have guessed Siakam would have become what he is. No. And that's why, going back to what we talked about with the Celtics, when Glenn's like, oh, Jalen Brown this, whatever, or, or Tatum that, 
Siakam was not. Right. Tatum and Brown were ahead of Siakam, and you know, at the start of their career, the it could happen. The problem with with uh, the analysis that someone like Roy did is you can't look at it like it's a flat. It's a flat item. Exactly. It's an evolving, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. He's improving before our eyes. Yep. And Tatum both too. Are. Yeah, both of them are. And it's gonna and, and Hayward. Yeah, what a case study that is. You know yep. what I mean? When a regression after the injury, and then you were just starting to see it before you got hurt. Yep. These, are, these are living things that they, they evolve, and yep. the Celtics team is evolving. That's the, you got to factor that in your analysis. We talk about it all the time with sports, how it's like the numbers take over, and now these guys are robots. It's like, so you know what? Actually, you know what? We should cancel the podcast. It's a foregone conclusion that, you know, it's only a certain number of teams. I get it. You know, Johnson, Bird, Russell, Jordan, certain teams through the years, Kobe, yeah. they had advantages. But there have been exceptions through the years. No it happens. I just get, I get tired of it. Um, so you put as your number two the Raptors. Yeah. I put the Suns as my number two. I had they were nowhere near my radar. Yeah. I thought they were I, I expected Devin Booker after we saw in the summer He's a stud. To, to just turn into a puddle. Mm. Aaron Baines has been one of the best centers in the league. No Aiton, and they go and do it without Aiton. So I, I mean, they're knocking on the door for number one. Yeah. That's a good one for me. No, I, I my threes, three A, three B with Suns, T Wolves. Right. Because I was really down the T Wolves, like yep. just because of Wiggins and all that. But they, I mean, they're nine and eight, but in the West to be nine and eight right now is pretty good. They deserve. Yeah, they're my three. Suns, I agree with you. Suns there. definitely. Now, can I give another shout out? I will say real quick, the Raptors are my for like impressive. I'm not talking about teams, just guy. Maybe it's just the Celtics. Can we guard Buddy Hills? Oh, Holy shit, guy. can that guy shoot? God! Man, when I watched him in the tournament, oh my God, yeah, can that guy shoot? I don't understand why when NBA executives go through their draft process, they don't seem to rate what happens in the tournament enough. I watched that guy during the whole thing in March Madness. I'm like, why? Why are the Celtics getting this guy? They took, they took Brown over him. Right. Which I still probably would take Brown. Yep. If he can reach his ceiling. But you know, like, holy shit. And maybe it's just the Celtics. That guy can shoot the piss out of the ball. But this isn't, yeah. this isn't a knock on Jalen Brown. But do you remember the narrative back then? Like, everyone was saying, don't draft Buddy Hill. Like, yep. like why, yeah, why, why are you throwing out the play in the most important time? Right. I don't no, get it's like, that. It's I almost like, why? And, you know, Carson Edwards hasn't been good, but, again, he's a rookie. But what he did in the tournament was unbelievable. unbelievable. Steph yep. Curry, yeah. another one. Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, yep. There's enough I evidence think, there. Yeah. The thing with Heald that I, I don't like, when I look at Brown, I feel like higher ceiling, but his his floor is much lower than Heald's was. I felt like right. Heald had a much, but I felt like Heald had a much higher floor and a lower ceiling. I, I don't know, man. I, I probably would have gone with Heald back then. All I know is the Celtics don't know how to guard him. Oh, no, they don't. And that's something that they... They didn't guard anyone no. in the fourth quarter, man. That I no, oh, Bogdanovich. Well, there were a couple of them where it was like there was... Bogdanovich, they had a hand in his yeah. face. No, but like the Buddy Hill shit, it's like... Buddy Hill's outstanding. At some point, when a guy... He had the ball at some points, and they're going... They got the hedge guy not coming up, and like, they should trap him. Yep. The guys hit 10 threes in your face. Let's make it 11. Yeah. One, one time double. Look every, they, need, they need Tremont on him. That's what they need. Look, everyone, everyone gets stressed <laughs> when you're down bodies. You're down Walker. You're down Hayward. Everyone's got a different role. The defense can slip. But usually defense is effort. But I've never seen a team get more wide open threes in the fourth quarter oh than Sacramento the other yeah, night. I never no. saw anything like it. Someone take semi and get him off this team because uh, he stinks. He's looked better. He stinks. He's looked better. The, I don't know, like him. I don't like him. I, look, I still take I still I take him. over him right now. He's looked better though. There's yeah, no Grant, Grant like can't hit the yeah, poor no, guy. No, that's the thing, and that's why Shemi keeps getting these opportunities because he can hit Grant, a three. Please hit a three. Once he can start hitting them with like somewhat regularity, then Shemi's done. He that's also not. he also substitutes size with strength. You know, so if you don't yeah. have a lot of no, bigs, no, right. you can put a strong guy out there like him, and you can almost like replicate it. I, I must have wanted just to stop shooting threes. You yeah. must have wanted to murder Shemi the other night when Kemba got hurt running into him. No, no, that wasn't his fault. Well, it's just because he's a I got nervous. I thought Kemba was dead. I know, and it turns out he's going to be fine. For everybody who hasn't checked in already, I mean, he's he's going to be all right. He's probable for the game against the Nets. Um, but. Anything else NBA? Because I want to let you guys kind of riff on your shape St. Joe's days. I got two I'll just throw out there. You guys are talking about most disappointing, most improved. I want to throw out to you guys. What about the Wizards and the Bucks? For most improved? For no, just what you think about them. Okay. 
So because I don't it, think either of them are exactly what I thought they were going to be. So when it comes to when it comes to the Bucks, I'm not as impressed with them. I thought I think they're still a very good team. I thought they were going to be top of the conference. I thought it was good. well, they still are. But yeah. like I thought you like you thought they were going to be like effortless, <laughs> dominant. Yeah. Well, first of all, the Heat. We didn't expect any of that. To them to be nipping at their heels. The Celtics have been better than we expected. You know. I think we undervalued Malcolm Brockton. Yeah. You know, I knew he was going to be good. I, I, I thought the Pacers were going to be good, especially if they got Oladipo, when they get him back, Oladipo back. But, yeah, I didn't expect the Bucks to be as they soft of a one. Yeah, yes. they look a soft one. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. They look imminently beatable. I don't, I, I don't fear them as a Celtics fan. I, yeah, when, I, when coming into the year, I had him as like, no questions asked. Number one. Yeah. If you want to say Sixers, I kind of get it, but I feel like it's a reach. Yeah. And you had. I'm assuming you did too, Chip. Yeah, oh, I, the yeah. Sixers are a complete. I, I I thought they were flawed, so I can't say I'm disappointed. They're okay. exactly what I thought they were. Okay. But the Bucks are not what I thought they were. Okay. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Is, I agree with you 100. Yeah. Some of these other teams, though, I think part of it is we didn't think they, they they're better than we thought they were. Yeah. You know, I think I overvalued some of the shooting talent they had added to the Bucks. Yep. And Giannis needs that in order to be successful. You, you don't have everybody that you, you did last year. That's why the Bucks are struggling. So, but they may make a move. They're still in a good spot. Yep. As a soft one, it's not the worst spot to be if you if you can make a move for a shooter. Because that's always what I, I think that they need to add. Yeah. When it comes to the Wizards, that's a team that's just been on a steady decline that I thought would be like I feared them when the Celtics when they were led by Isaiah Thomas. Yep. That was the team I didn't want to play with Bradley Beal and the whole, whole John Wall. Well, John yeah. Wall's falling off the face yeah. of the earth. Yeah, way to go! I mean, with the Achilles and everything like that, yeah. he just can't get healthy. Yeah. So that's the problem with them. I mean, and they're never they're going to continue to be a middling team. I mean, even when John Wall first got hurt, right, Matt? He they they were better without him. I think. So the Wizards just—they're never. I don't think they're ever going to figure out. I don't know why. They play a lot of defense. Uh, oh, do they? Are you sure about that? No, they play zero. zero. Yeah. You, you got to be careful with your sarcasm now. You're you're officially reporting things. That people yeah. are going to believe everything you say. No, they stink. Yeah, they they, they do. But stink. those are the two as you guys were talking that kind of came to my mind first. So I just wanted to put it out there. The Wizards—the Wizards have slipped out of my mind a little bit. Yeah. yeah that, but but anyway, um, I but you know we don't talk about college basketball enough on here. We've told everybody, made it clear for those who are new to the show, Matt played Division Three basketball at St. Joe's University in Maine. Go Thousand-point scorer and everything. As we're, we're getting ready to do our show at Lord Hobo in Woburn, great spot, by the way. Matt had the boom sauce. I had the doom sauce. I want to reiterate that. Good beer, good beer. Good stuff. Jim, what did you have? I had the Dale Arnold special, the 617. Ah, that's a good Dale Arnold. <laughs> um, Thank you, John Anderson. Dale oh, Keith, Sports Radio. Winner's Circle podcast now, right? Winner's Circle or Winner's, what is it now? Yeah, you're welcome for all those correct NBA takes that I gave you at the beginning of the year. They're like, oh, this kid's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's Chris Scheim. He couldn't answer my question, but I do appreciate what you had to say, Scheim. Um, but anyway, they're talking about everything. When uh, when it, Jim has some crazy stories, we found out they both went to St. Joe's. Yeah. Jim did as well. When did you graduate, Jim? 1992. So... I just want to hear you two talk a little bit about the differences between your days at St. Joe's. Well, here's the thing. So, like, it's, the funny thing is, and Matt will tell you this, is that St. Joe's, like, in St. Joe's lore, when I was there, there's only 650 kids. Now, I went to New North High School. I had 650 kids in my graduating class, so my high school was four times bigger than my college. So, if you have a big personality or you think you have one, you know, you can make, a big, you can make a big impact at St. <laughs> yeah. Joe's, right? But it's basically quadrupled in size since I graduated. But the funny thing is about St. Joe's, no matter where I go in, in business or in broadcast or parties, friends, whatever, you tend to find someone from St. Joe's. It's, it's amazing. such a small school. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So here we sit at Warren Homo. We're just riffing and uh, you know, talking about basketball. Matt played. Now, I didn't play. I played pickup and stuff, and my, 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 one of my roommates was on the team. So I was connected to it, but... I was one of the fan leaders in the in the old and heralded um, ch chamber of horrors, you know. And so in our gym, imagine like a middle school, a junior high school gym with stands and bleachers on all sides. And there was one corner where all like the drunk, loudest, most rowdy fans were. That's where I was. And you're like, you know when you're in a game and you're with that guy? The guy's oh, yeah. got the face paint and the chest paint. That's you. That was me back then. I used to beat the drum and the whole thing. So 
So Matt's eyes lit up because like, like I've heard about this. So we used to be so loud and make so much noise, but I also was a broadcaster. I didn't want to miss the guys' games. I was in the crowd too much, and I was too invested. So I was a broadcaster for the St. Joe's Lady Monks, which were also a, a top yeah. program. And, uh, and that's where the story came in. <laughs> it was a hell of a story. So just in terms of like what the difference is, so you graduated in 2014? Yep. All right. So a big separation there. So I probably wouldn't be allowed to be on a microphone now, you know. No. But back in 1988, you could get away with things like this. But so one game, so remember, like, the girls would go first. The boys would go next yeah. in terms of, like, how the varsity played out. And I was getting all loomed up and excited and ready for the, for the varsity game. <laughs> so there I am doing color for uh, 91.5 WSJC with my co-host Jimmy Young, the play-by-play guy. And you know this is true because I mentioned the girl's name, Sherry McCarthy, yep. who's a thousand-point scorer for the St. Joe's Lady Monks. And getting ready to tell the story, I was like, no, I know that name. Well, Sherry was one, she was all of like five foot seven, and she drives to the hole. She was like a very strong, fierce point guard. So we were just yucking it up. I said, look, when you're playing pickup basketball, you're going to get past me, and I might hack you, and you might say what? I'd say, damn, are you trying to rape me or something? Yeah, I yeah. Is that yeah. something you might say? That happens a lot. Yeah. yeah, of course. So keep in mind, St. Joseph's College is a Catholic school. There's nuns there. One, there's plenty of nuns. The Sisters of No Mercy. Especially too. Yeah. The Sisters of Mercy. It's called the Sisters of No Mercy. <laughs> so I'm broadcasting, and Sherry McCarthy's doing what she's wanted to do, which is to drive to the paint. And she gets absolutely fouled, and there's no whistle. So it kind of went like this. The straight arrow, Jimmy Young said, McCarthy drives to the hole, and she's shot, oh, there's no call. And then knuckle nuts, which would be me, I go, McCarthy, I can't believe it. She got raped. She got absolutely raped. I can't believe my eyes, Jim. I can't believe my eyes. And I look over at him, and he's staring at me like, dude, what the? Yeah. And sitting in front of me, are showing McCarthy's parents. And <laughs> Now, here's the difference between 2019 and 1992. Ask me what happened. What happened? Nothing. Oh, my God. No one said anything. Yeah. Because no one was probably listening. Well, that, <laughs> just, I'm sure there were people listening back then, more so than now. But that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. If yeah. you weren't the person that did it, I wouldn't believe that story. Yeah. Because I, well, I told you why. If you saw it now. Yeah. But this is 1990, uh, 1989. I think yeah. Sherry was a sophomore. And Jim, my friend Jimmy looks at me and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. we, we went to break, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I totally. You can say that on a podcast. No repercussions. Yeah, no no repercussions. None. So I, I'd say St. Joe's is a little different than what you're I, used, than yeah, what he I mean, was used to. Yeah, I mean, like, we're just talking about how it's different from when I went there till now. You've yeah. seen it. Yeah. You've been in the campus. Yep. Nick, it just. Nice turf field. Very nice. Yeah. You know, so Standish Maine, I like we it. Had a, we had a visitation policy when I was there. So I, I was there from 88 to 92. And until 1992, it was a Catholic school. It used to be an all-girls school. So when I was there, the ratio was probably 2 to 1. When it, when it used to be a nursing school. When it transitioned from all-girls to boys, it was a slow climb to even out. It was like 5 to 1, 4 to 1, 3 to 1, 2 to 1. So there was a visitation policy as a Catholic college, but we, you know, we raised an uproar over four years, and the year after we graduated, that's when the wall came down. He, he broke the barriers for us. What a guy. Man. You owe him your life. I do. You do. A beer will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Any other St. Joe's stories before, uh, before the morning people go? Come to the morning. Yes, exactly. I just think it's, it's just cool running into alumni. I do. I mean, when it happens, yeah, just stuff like, you know, I don't know what it was like to be back there, but I've heard the stories and the tradition and all that. So it's, it's cool running to someone that. But I, I can tell you, I can tell you this. So, you know, Matt, who's on this podcast with Nick all the time, you know, I know when people listen, they might say, oh, "I played Division Three ball." Let me tell you something. St. Joseph's College is a top pedigree college program. It's the kind of program that could have been a small D1. And the coach that was there when I was there, um, si- uh, Mr. Simons, he actually coached for Davidson. Right. Which is a D1 that made the tournament either last year or the year before. So it's no, a legitimate program. So shout out to you as a thousand points coach. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the tradition there is rich. Um, there was a lot of good. We were talking about there was a guy who they played Florida State yeah. back in the day. And he uh, gave Florida State like 30 or something. And then the Florida State coach offered him a scholarship. Wow. And he declined it because it said, you, you know, you weren't there for me. Wow. When I was in high school in St. Joe as well. So, I mean, there's been a, a lot of great St. Joe's plays. So, the tradition of it, like, I just, I really respect playing for that program and all the people that came before me. So. Speaking of guys who, there's three guys who put up, you know, a pretty good game against the Division One team. 
I think we deserve a shout-out this week. I don't know if you have one planned, but I think there's one guy who definitely deserves a shout-out this week, and that's Craig Demers, right? Craig Demers, a bucket getter. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Eric Demers. Craig is his brother. Oh, he's talking about Eric. Oh, Eric. I think Craig's his brother, yeah. Craig's his brother, the one no, that no. I, yeah. No, Eric, Eric is a uh, place with Gordon College. The kid gets buckets. Was it 42 against Hartford? 42. Division one Hartford. Yeah. No, he, he's been, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw him last year. He came and worked out in yeah, North Vanover. Yeah, BSC. And I was like, wow, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's really, really, really good. But it just shows you, like, D3 across the board. Like, you go and watch Neskak school ball, play. Yeah. There's some really good players. Like, Eric Demers is not a D3 player. Right. You know what the difference you is? You weren't either. You know what the difference is in D3? It, it's really size. It's oh, really size. You know, it's, it's, That's fair. So you get guys who are in high school who are 6'3", and they're playing center, and they're you know, they're supposed to come and be a, a shooting guard now. It's, it's a totally I mean, different yeah. We played Davidson when I was a freshman, and it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had because I went against a legit Division One player. Yeah. And to me, what I walked away from it wasn't like, wow, now I can see why I'm not a Division One player because of skill. Because I thought I was just as good as that guy. Yeah. Shooting wise, skill wise, it was just. So I'm five eleven. He's six five. Yeah. Yep. As That's a, what happens in March Madness. Like if you, if the small mid majors hit their threes, oh, yeah. they can upset them. But they, they, you know, even in the games that the small schools get blown up, they hang for a while. Mm-hmm. The skill's there. It's just the size. The skill's and there. It's the size. Yeah. It's the size. That's the one thing about basketball versus. Yeah, it happens with football too. Yeah. Size is a factor. Size but and athleticism. Did you have another shout out for this week? I think my shout-out this week really is um, Mass High School basketball starting up next Monday after Thanksgiving. Right. So just want right. to give out all the people that have been working hard in their game. Have a good, you know, good couple of days of tryouts. Trying to make a team, you know. Good luck with the start of the season, everybody. Jim, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's yes, a pleasure. Thank it's you. fun talking to you guys. Thanks Monks, for having me on. Monks. Yeah, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you again next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law